Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chapter 30's podcast, sponsored by the Foundation of XXX Tentacion. Thank you, X, for all that you have done for the American music community. Edna also wanted people to look at her and was inspired by her music. Long live X. Anywho, joining me, Sage, will be my colleagues, Andrea. Hi! Zane. Hey. And Grayson. Hello, I'm Grayson. Now Andrea is going to give us a summary of the chapter. Right, so in this chapter, Edna's hosting a 29th birthday party with a small group of friends in her own house, but she's actually missing her best friend and her husband. And only about 10 people were able to show up in the end. And then throughout the chapter, the night is described as calm, peaceful, and joyous until the very end. Cool. Now let's get into the literary devices. A literary device found in this chapter is foreshadowing. Victor starts to sing a French love song, which starts with Assis tu savai, Chopin 95, and Edna immediately yells at him to stop. He thinks that she's joking and keeps singing, but then she goes up to him and puts a hand over his mouth. Edna's anger at Victor's singing foreshadows the end of her love with her husband. The first line of the song translates to, what if you knew? This really resonates with Edna because there are so many thoughts and ideas that she has that she wishes her husband and the people around her knew. It foreshadows Edna perhaps telling people how she's feeling. This may also be a reference to her feelings for Robert. She wishes that he knew how she felt about him. Edna's outburst pretty much ended the party, which could foreshadow how her feelings could signal the end of her marriage and even her life. The second line of the song is Sike tu yuk mi descent, Chopin 96, which translates to what your eyes tell me. The word eyes shows up in the book 68 times. Oftentimes when Chopin is describing someone, she will mention the character's eyes. This could be a glimpse into Chopin's thoughts on eyes and what they can say about a person. Another example that we could see of foreshadowing this chapter is when Edna was getting up from the table to stop Victor from singing, and she shattered her glass on the table by slamming it into the table. The carelessness of this movement may foreshadow her future careless decisions, such as her last swim. As you can see, there were many examples of foreshadowing in this chapter. Another form of literary devices in chapter 30 is imagery, with the quote, the touch of his lips was like a pleasing sting to her hand, Chopin 96. The imagery of the touch of Victor's lips against Edna's hand obviously makes the reader picture their sweet, innocent love. However, Victor and Edna have this forbidden, lustful, almost scandalous relationship because of his brother Robert and his love for Edna that he's had basically forever. And so this soft kiss between Victor and Edna could be seen as a soft, innocent light in their relationship filled with immorality. And so the emptiness of Robert was filled with the tender love of his brother, Victor. Now Andrea is going to go over situational irony. In page 96 of The Awakening by Chopping, the voices of Edna's disbanding guests jarred like a discordant note upon the quiet harmony of the night. 
So this sentence actually perfectly describing situational irony as it's used maybe throughout the entire book. Because if through the story the setting is peaceful and joyous due to the people, then why would the ending sentence just be so contradicting? And this actually might seem a little bit unimportant and not really relevant, but this one sentence changes a whole lot of things. Does Edna feel uncomfortable alone in her own home, or is she just feeling Robert's absence? These two questions are brought to the reader by the entire feeling that's shown through that entire segment. A literary device that isn't so much found in this chapter but comes to light finally is the juxtaposition of Edna and Miss, uh, well, what I would call her Ratty for short. Um, Edna seems to be genuinely happy and feels powerful in this chapter while she um, like holds the dinner and has all the power at the dinner table because she's, you know, a, a woman from this time wasn't allowed to host dinner parties. So it was... Um, like really like against like culture and things like she had to have her husband there like she it was very impolite and very like distasteful to have a woman just hold it alone especially if like there are other males like there also um so this like gives Edna like a sense of power basically and Edna seems to be genuinely happy and feels powerful while the dinner like progresses and Edna seems to find her feeling of command and you know feeling like a queen or like having a majestic sense to her from pleasuring her own desires and miss ratty finds her well like queenliness or like her um her feeling like majestic or having like this um sense of command or power from nurturing and taking care of other people's needs and being like a people's pleaser and giving herself up to other people which is more so like her taking her becoming the perfect mother figure for the time and um the contrast is Edna seems to want to be pleasing herself while um, Miss Ratty wants to be pleasing other people around her. So it's a pretty, like, opposite type of character while Edna seems to want to break through with um, a lot of things and have more power and be more independent. Um, Miss Ratty wants to just conform the best she can. And she finds pleasure in that. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you in the next one.